Talk Good afternoon, and thank you for joining the live prayer call of Angel Heart Garrison Ministries. Happy New Year once again. Today is Wednesday, January 14, 2015. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Angel Heart Garrison Ministries likes to bring you into the present, the now of faith, each Wednesday afternoon. Uh, we want you to know that you can call on us if you need a friend, if you need prayer, if you need a helping hand. Angel Heart Garrison Ministries is a domestic missionary ministry and a lighthouse of prayer. And we're focused on outreach to the homeless, brokenhearted, abandoned, abused, sick, rejected, and lost. If you'd like more information on Angel Heart Garrison Ministries, please go to our website at angel-heartgarrisonministries.org. Matthew 25 34 through 36 and 40 says, Come ye, blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in a hunger, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Verily I say unto you, and as much as you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it also unto me. This is the vision of Angel Heart Garrison Ministries. I'm Apostle Ramona Haswell, and I'm your facilitator for this hour. We're coming to you today with a word of encouragement, a word of peace that passes all understanding, a word of hope and of love to help you build your faith to overcome in victory today. I'd like to welcome each of you to our live prayer call teleconference sponsored by our ministry's Lighthouse of Prayer Group through our intercessory prayer, Shamar Warrior Team, as we fast and pray. And I remind you that this call is being recorded for future reference and may be aired at any time, day or night, on any platform at our discretion. During this time of Wednesday fasting and prayer, we open this one-hour live prayer call to the public. 
where you can call in and make your prayers uh, known to us after hearing some faith build, building, some teaching first. So remain on the line at the end of this call, and we'll pray for you. We're a global prayer ministry who brings our Wednesday mornings in by touching and agreeing over this world's issues. We pray for this nation and leaders, our soldiers. We pray for marriages, families, our children, and ministries all over the world. We invite you to join with us as we fast and pray each Wednesday as we also pray over your petitions, situations, circumstances each and every day. If you need prayer, you may call us on our private lines at 619-752-7072. God bless you today. Once again, I'm just believing that you can hear this music today. I've done some testing and and working with this teleconference with my phone, and I think we're on a roll. I want to start uh, with uh, opening up with a scripture today from the book of Old Testament book of Nehemiah, chapter one. Uh, so I'll give you a moment to get there, and I'm going to read the first seven verses to you from the New King James Version. It reads, the book of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month Chishlu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity here in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for me, I'm sorry, for them that love him and observe his commandments. I was taking it personal. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night, for the children of Israel thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. Let us pray. Hallelujah, Lord God. Let us pray. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for each and every one on this call today, Lord God. I ask you to open the ears of each individual, Lord God, that is 
on this call today, that they may hear, Lord God, your word speaking into them, the word of truth, the word of life, the word, Lord God, that will prevail them and catapult them today, Lord God. I thank you for those that are fasting today, Lord God. I ask you, Lord God, to give them strength, dear Heavenly Father, and do them with your virtue, dear Heavenly Father, that they may continue to pursue, dear Heavenly Father, as men and women of God, obedient to your word, Lord God, to do as you have called them to do and to, to say and do as you've called them. I thank you, Lord God, that we trust in you today, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that we look upon you, Lord God, and we we confess, dear Heavenly Father, that you are sovereign, Lord God. You are the creator of all things, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that you have each and every one of us on your heart today, Lord God, and I thank you, Lord God, for each and every one on this call. I ask you, Lord God, to send your Holy Spirit uh, to their households, dear Heavenly Father. Send your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that they may hear you, dear Heavenly Father, and see you, see you presently, Lord God, and know that you are with them, Lord God, that whatever they're doing and going through, Lord God, that they're not going through alone, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that you are with them this day, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that you are watching over them. I thank you, Lord God, for the angels, dear Heavenly Father, that ministered to them, dear Heavenly Father, as they continue, Lord God, in their devotions and prayers, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that you are God. You are sovereign, Lord God, and I just, I just, Call out the name of Jesus at this point, Lord God, and I ask you, Lord God, to I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one on this call right now, Lord God. Bless and keep them in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God. Amen. 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 Oh, <laughs> 
Hallelujah, Lord God. This was a war cry. Uh, that really should have been the opening song today. I got a little crisscross <laughs> this morning, but that's all right, this afternoon, but that's all right. I'll get it straight next week. It just takes a little a little um, work to get back up on that bike. So I'm trying, Sister Rhonda, to get back up on that bike and do it right. Hallelujah. I thank you for everyone that's on the call today. And I want to say once again, Happy New Year. I pray that your transition from 2014 into 2015 is swift and blessed, and you're not bringing in any of that old, old anything in with you. If you listened to us last week, you heard the 2015 uh, prophetic word, uh, which will be given again today. I'll also be giving my testimony again today. We had such bad audio last week, I don't know what you heard. So I don't have time to go back and listen to everything, but I know that you didn't hear the music last week. So I think uh, hopefully I fixed that problem. I went in and did a couple of tests on this talk shoe board, and I think I got it right. It feels so good to be back on the call again today. I've missed you, and I say again, I've missed being here. Uh, like, just, like I said, I gave my testimony last week. However, we were because we were having these technical difficulties, um, just bits and pieces were audible. I listened to a little bit of it. Um, so I'll start this new year off by sharing my 2014 testimony once again with you because I want to know you to know why I have not been here. So it's a testimony. I have victory, and I just want you to know that I've missed you, and I wasn't gone because I was lazy. I wasn't gone because I didn't want to be here. Uh, I was uh, going through some things. Uh, you know, we had planned a host uh, uh, to host our leadership conference, our first leadership conference in May last year, and we had already arranged everything. Everybody was coming. My musicians had, uh, um, I'm not going to tell you who I had, but <laughs> we had some great speakers um, coming each night. We had musicians that were just 
that's available to us. Uh, we planned a great program. However, the Lord sat me down and told me to cancel everything, and I couldn't understand why. He told me he said I didn't have enough help. Uh, but I, I didn't understand it, but I was obedient, you know, because I'm one that I can do it all by myself if I wanted to. If if I, if the push came to shove, I could go to the airport, pick up people. I could I could run errands. I could uh, also work on my book all at the same time, but he told me to be still. So um, only a few of you were aware of the medical mountains that I overcame in 2014, So so much so that I had to really step back even from our calls. I didn't do any live prayer calls, and I didn't do any uh, truth and life or word of God speaks. I didn't do any of that. Um, I, I wasn't able to because in May of last year, I I experienced some palpitations that sent me to the uh, to the ER. At first, I wasn't even going to go. I said it'll go away, and so I waited like two hours before I even went to the hospital. I'm gonna tell you that because I I had things to do. I was busy. I had planned a surprise birthday party for my husband. He didn't know anything. I had done everything. I had cleaned. I had I had my sister was helping me. She was gonna uh, bake the cake and bring everything. Set everything up at the uh, clubhouse here, and he wouldn't know a thing. Because it was Mother's Day weekend, so we just said we were bringing our mom, uh, we were taking our mom out to breakfast, so he was expecting a little company that day. So it was uh, Mother's Day weekend that Saturday. But what happened the day before is what canceled everything. Uh, when I got those heart palpitations, I just um, uh, took my time and I said, okay, I'm going to go to the hospital. Because one of my doctors had said, she said, if you ever have something like this, she said, "Don't hesitate." She said, "Go to." The, she said, "Promise me you'll go to the doc. You'll go to the hospital." I said, "Okay, all right, I'll go to the hospital." So I, I, I went on to the hospital. My my daughter wanted to take me, and I said, "Cause we, we were supposed to be running errands." She said, "Mom, I'm not going to take you anywhere. If you don't go to the hospital, I'm not taking you anywhere." So uh, she ended up. Um, sitting me down, and so while I was waiting at home, I called my husband. I said, I think I need to go to the hospital. So he took off work, and he came and picked me up, and we went directly to the hospital. And so uh, as uh, while I'm there, uh, I'm talking and joking. I mean, they took me immediately to the back after they saw what my high, my blood pressure was and my heart rate was. They took me immediately to the back, hooked me up, and did all that. And I'm talking and joking, wondering what time I'm going back home because I got things to do. I could still make it to the grocery store. I still had things to do. So um, I'm trying not to make this a long story because I'm supposed to not, you know, be putting too much energy into it. But I've got to tell the story. So anyway, if I tell the story, I may as well tell it on my own teleconference. So anyway, um, um uh, I'm joking with the doctors and everything, and they're telling me we're going to have to put the paddles on you. I said, why do you need to put the paddles on? He said, your heart rate is 183. He said, we've got to get your heart rate down before you have a massive heart attack. And so the girls came in. He said, but before we can do that, we have to inject something in your arm. But every time the girls tried to do, get to get a line in my arm, the 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 vein would collapse. So my veins aren't very big there. I got thin veins, so they had to, they were having trouble. So he told me one of the doctors told me he said we haven't we got to get that in you before we can do this. Um, put the put the paddles on you. He said so since that's not working. He said something. He said that works for one out of ten people or something like this. He said blow. He said put your thumb in your mouth and blow blow hard. So that caused my heart rate to start coming down. 
So well, praise the Lord, they didn't have to use the paddles. He said, we got to reboot you is what we have to do. We have to stop it before it goes too high. So uh, instead of stopping it, uh, instead of doing that, my my heart rate began to get back in line. So they were going to send me home, but they had done blood tests, and the blood work wasn't looking like I looked. I looked fine. I'm telling you, I felt fine. But um, the blood work wasn't looking right, so they said, well, we're going to keep you over. We're going to keep you over. We're going to have to admit you because we've got to find out why your blood work is saying one thing and your heart rate is saying another. So after about three days of testing, they found that I had had previously a major heart attack sometime. And when they described what would have happened to me, I know when it happened. It happened one night in January last year. Uh, we had moved and um, we had moved and uh, I did all the packing, first of all, and I did all the unpacking. But I really didn't lift anything or anything like that. I just unpacked. But one night, I was having a crazy dream, and I never have dreams. I have dreams that have vision, or I have dreams that are prophetic, you know, uh, whatever, but uh, I don't have crazy dreams. But this night, I had a crazy dream that somebody was trying to get out of something, and uh, out of a window, and I was urging them how to get out. Hurry up, hurry up. You know how we do like at the movies, you know. <laughs> and so that's what I was doing in my dream. And my heart started racing. I heard, I felt my heart racing, and that's what woke me up. But I couldn't move. I couldn't touch my, I nudge my husband. I couldn't do anything. I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't speak to him in a manner where he would, he could hear me because he was, my husband never snores, and he was snoring, and uh, so I couldn't speak over his snoring to get his attention. So uh, I just um, uh, I just laid there, and I said, and then something went boom in my chest, and I didn't understand what had happened. So it all correlates with what the doctor said happened that day. When that was happening, um, the doctor said, when that was happening, the doctor said that, um, uh, no, I said to myself, am I dying? Could I be dying? Is this what dying is like? <laughs> because I was just laying in there in my bed in the dark room. I said, I can't die like this. I can't die like this. And I fell asleep. And so when I woke up the next morning, I was my regular self. And I got up and did what I usually do, and I forgot about what had happened. But he said that was the massive heart attack because when they did my ultrasound, they saw some things that uh, required some attention. So over these um, uh, few months, I've been going uh, undergoing uh, procedures, and uh, I've had a um, I'm under the care of a cardiologist and um, all of that. But I'm going to tell you, when I was going through everything that I was going through. I didn't feel anything. I wasn't hurting. I had no pain, nothing. So every, no matter what it, the devil says that happened to me and, and what he says it looked like, I am claiming total healing, not just healing but wholeness. So as I did what the Lord said, I know that if I had had the conference in May and continued to have our prayer warriors conference in September, I wouldn't have made it to 2015. It is so important for leaders to do what God says do. He doesn't have to explain anything to you as to why, but he said do what he says do, and 
you'll come out of it. He said, you're going to go through some storms. You're going to go through some things. But when I spoke into my own atmosphere that night and asked, am I dying, and said, I can't die, I activated my angels, and things began to work on my behalf. So after that diagnosis, so we postponed the September uh, Prayer Warriors Conference. We'd already uh, postponed the May conference. I have not uh, scheduled anything yet for, um, I haven't scheduled anything yet for this year. I'm waiting to see what the Lord says. But in the meantime, I just give uh, honor to God and I praise him and thank him for how he saved me, how he saved my life, how he uh, went before me and made my crooked path straight how he held me up when I didn't even know for those six months that I'd had a major heart attack, and he kept me. And during the the, the weeks after um, that heart attack in May, uh, the Lord began to speak to me, and he, he would tell me over and over again, I've got you, I've got you, hallelujah, I've got you. I'm so thankful to God that he's got me, hallelujah. I'm thankful that he's always looking He's always watching. He's always, his eyes are over everything, and I'm so glad that he watches over me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm grateful. I know that there are a lot of things that uh, we want to do, and we have our own plans, but God said he, ha- he knows the plans that he has for us. And so I just want you to know right now that he is here for us. He's here for you. He's here for me, but we've got to be obedient. And I thank him. I thank him also for his healing power because he's just a healer. He's a healer, and he's shown me more than once. Oh, I've had breast biopsies. I tell you, the enemy has been trying to get rid of me. I want you to know that. And this time he thought he had me, but God said, I've got you. Hallelujah, Lord God. I've got you. So no matter what the devil thinks he's going to do to somebody, if God got you, ain't nothing the enemy can do. I thank God, hallelujah, Lord God, that I'm on his side. Not that he's on my side. I tell you all the time, God is on your side. Even when you don't know what's going on, he's on your side. He's he's there for you. I'm on his side, and therefore he protects me because I'm on his side. Hallelujah. I'm grateful. I got to see 2015. Next week, God willing, I'll see another birthday. Hallelujah. I praise God for the life that he has given me. And I'm doing my best to do what he has called me to do. I can't do what he called you to do. I stay in my lane. I'm right here in my lane doing what God has called me to do. Over those months when I wasn't speaking and preaching and teaching, I was writing. There are books out there that only the Lord could have written I go back and I look at my books and I say, I don't even remember writing that. Hallelujah, Lord God. I'm a vessel that he can use. And I thank God that he's got me. Hallelujah. He's got me. Hallelujah. So unto God. Yeah. <laughs> 
I be. Hallelujah, Lord God. I want to thank our Angel Heart Garrison Ministries, Jamar Prayer Team, who carried the burden of prayer over the 2014 year and held me up while I was having surgeries and procedures related to my heart this past year. I thank you for your prayers because you kept me covered. And, you know, of course, I I thank my husband, Dwight, who stood and continues to stand with me through everything. I ask you to keep him, my daughter, Kenya, and my son, Chani, and his wife, Yasko, in prayer as they process all that I've been going through. I told them I've given them a limited free pass to deal with this medical issue and come out of it filled with faith that I'm not defeated so that we can move forward. I don't have time. To, to worry. I don't have time to stress over this. And I, I need them to move with me as I move with God. My daughter, uh, Evangelist Elect Kenya, who is also my armor bearer, is gifted with the gift of faith and the gift of healing. She laid her anointed hands on me, speaking into me, defending me against the assignment of the enemy, and praying for me before every procedure, every obstacle. And as I, as I continue to recover, receiving my healing along the way as she did when she was healed of four-stage cancer when she was three years old. She continues to back me up with my physical therapy. She and my husband, their prayers, my son, their prayers, and their health, their physical health, they were right there with me through every procedure. My son, who is in the Navy, he's stationed in Japan, he couldn't get here. He said, Mom, I'm, I want to use it for an emergency when I come. And with me laughing and joking with the uh, the doctors and everything, uh, it wasn't no emergency. Oh, Lord God. So I'm still under the care of a cardiologist, physical therapist, and uh, therapist, and I have a care nurse. So um, I just want you to know where I am and what's been going on. In faith I say I have the victory in Jesus. So I'm asking you to bear with me as I make my comeback to the teleconference world and uh, as uh, chief apostle over uh, Angel Heart Garrison Ministries, um, I'm, I'm back. I'm running with God in this 2015. Hallelujah, Lord God. I'm running with God. And God has reminded me that I got to go in with all my armor on. I can't leave anything behind. I got to stay covered. And I ask you to continue to pray for me as well. Continue to keep me lifted up. Continue to um, uh, ask God uh, to watch over me and keep me safe. There's uh, the uh, the prayer. Our, our Shamar prayer wall uh, team is so important. We have our own. Um, team on Facebook, and we get together and pray, and they don't really realize how important they are to uh, uh, me and the ministry. Every ministry must have a prayer team praying for that ministry. The enemy is trying so hard to take down leaders. So I'm asking you, asking you, begging you to pray for this ministry and pray for your own pastor and pray for your own church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, uh, I won't be opening the teleconference lines uh, this month at all. I just want you to uh, know that you can call 619-752-7072 or send your prayer request by uh, email to a uh, a lighthouse of prayer at yahoo.com. So today all lines are muted. If you're on the computer, you can write on the chat, and I will make my comments at the end of the call. If you want prayer, you need blessings, whatever you need. 
Uh, as you know, if you are on my author page, you know that I've just recently, this past December, released two books, both of which have been added to my teaching list for our Bible studies. I'm looking forward to opening up our Word of God uh, speak via our Truth and Life Bible study coming to you at least once or twice during the week, also teaching uh, beginning in February. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Coming back on the library call is, is a lot for this month, so I'm not going to try to do a Bible study this month. I'm going to start back in February. I, I, I desire, and we're going to see what the Lord says. I hope to bring back our leadership class this month, I mean in February, uh, and we're we're going to be teaching out of the book, Are You Called to Lead? Leadership 101. I invite you to check out our website for the access codes, the dates and times in the future, and keep up with us. And some of you who are linked with me on uh, my Facebook author page, author Ramona Haswell, already know I have already begun writing uh, that Leadership 201 book. I don't know the title. All I know is Leadership 201. I was in the process of vacuuming the floor last week, and the Lord stopped me and started talking to me about that 201. So I had to stop what I was doing and run to my computer. You can order any of my books at my discounted price. This is the only place that you're going to get this low of a price for my um, books. And it's on my office website's web store, angel-heartgarrisoncollectiveworks.webs.com. And go to that web store and order your books today. And... Um, uh, this is time right now. We're setting aside right now for you, those of you who are um, would like to bless God with your first fruit offerings or tithe by giving into Angel Heart Garrison Ministries. Please go to our website and press that PayPal button on the sidebar and give. You know that our Samaritan Angel Outreach Project where we are assisting long-term a few families in 2015. Uh, if you'd like to help us there, just put uh, in the comments section, Angel, uh, Samaritan Angel Outreach Project. We thank you. You can go to our homepage on our website, angels-heartgarrisonministries.org, and see what your giving will bless you with. We like to bless those that give. And so... Um, I want to uh, you just go to that homepage, and if you give a certain amount, you'll get something. So uh, as we update the page for January, uh, you will be blessed. Every Any amount of giving receives a blessing. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, we play a lot of music here on this um, live prayer call because music, praise and worship music goes along with prayer. Every warrior that prays knows that music, the, the ministry of music, is associated and connected with prayer. It's connected when you fast and pray also. Uh, before we uh, go into the word, I want to just play this one song. It's very short, and it's I was created to worship. I just want you to know that as you're fasting, worship and pray and and praise is very important. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Father God, we just come to you right now, right now, Lord God, and we just thank you, Lord God, for each and every one on this call right now, Lord God. I ask you, Lord God, that you open their ears, Lord God, oh, Lord God, that they receive the word, dear Heavenly Father, bring a revelation, Lord God, that seed, dear Heavenly Father, that meet, dear Heavenly Father, that they need today, Lord God, to continue, Lord God, as loyal, uh, fast and prayer worshipers to Heavenly Father. I thank you, Lord God, that we're learning, Lord God, oh, Lord, because we know that knowledge is power, Lord God, and it calls us to walk in authority, Lord God. So I thank you, Lord God, for each and every one, dear Heavenly Father, the desires, dear Heavenly Father, to know the truth, dear Heavenly Father, about fasting and prayer, dear Heavenly Father. I have an opportunity, dear Heavenly Father, to hear the word and to read the word, dear Heavenly Father, accordingly. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, that was, um, I believe, Vanessa Williams on the uh, Wild 2004 CD. I always like to acknowledge uh, the music that's on these calls because, um, uh, you know, I don't get permission to use the music, so I like to uh, acknowledge. Um, The teaching on fasting and prayer is gleaned out of one of my latest books, The Truth About Fasting and Prayer, which was released in December just uh, one month ago uh, in 2014. The Word of God tells us that knowledge is power, and if you know how to fast properly, it will manifest to us ultimate results. So I feel that it's important for us to go back to the blueprint of fasting and prayer so that we may get confidence in what we're doing and why. Sometimes we don't know why we're doing something, we're just doing it. And I went through that whole roasting last week. Uh, respecting our divine connection with the Israelites as we grafted in with them through the blood of Jesus because uh, this didn't start with us, the Gentiles. It started with the Israelites. I, I remind you in the preface of my book, The Truth About Fasting and Prayer, on pages 19 through 21, that the blood of Jesus grafted us into the promises that God gave to the Israelites. As Gentiles, we have been grafted in into a covenant that was initially created by God for his chosen people, the Israelites, through Abraham, passed down to Moses and then to Joshua. Therefore, all our understanding of fasting and prayer should emanate from the guidelines they followed over generations while fasting and those following them, not just them. Fasting is a culture or tradition implemented by God as an opportunity for his people, Israel, to repent, separate themselves, and draw in closer to him. And because of this grafting, we Gentiles are also required as the Jews, the Israelites, to heed to his will, his laws, and traditions that stem back to the Old Testament. Now, I said last week, I said this last week, we're not confined 
to keep these laws and customs because of God's grace and mercy and the sacrifice and ransom through the blood of Jesus. So if we mess up, we mess up, we can repent and we can ask God for forgiveness. Uh, but we need to try always to um, to bless God with our obedience. And we receive the benefits and blessing in our obedience by following his instructions. And so even though we're not under the law, the word of God tells us that he knows that we know him and we love him when we keep his commandments. As we renew our minds in Christ Jesus, let us not conform to the world's way of doing things, but be transformed and prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God by heeding to the ways that he taught his chosen, the Israelites. And by renewing our minds, we conform to this grafting in with the Israelites, not only in blessings, but also in obedience. We want to claim all the promises of God to Israel. Yeah, we're right on that. But until recently, we've disregarded the whole, all of the other Jewish traditions. We just want to uh, get in on the, on the good stuff. Uh, so uh, it's very significant um, uh, that we also look to do, obey the word of God. I hope this study will help those of you who are or who are considering bringing this new year, 2015, in with a first fruit offering of fasting and prayer. However, the book is good any time of the year. Don't think that because you didn't get it in time for this first fruit fast, that it is not needed. You get that book so that you will be able to fast properly next time God calls you into an individual fast or when he does a corporate call. You want to be ready. So I encourage you to go to my author website and pick up a copy from your web from uh, my uh, web store, angel-hartgarrisoncollectiveworks.webs, with an S, dot com, as we study uh, from this book during this month and as we fast and play, pray. I'm sorry. And so if you weren't with us on our last week, go back with your book and listen to last week's recording. Now, one thing about last week's recordings, we got a lot of blank spots in there because when I was playing the music, you couldn't hear it. Oh, I was having a good time because I, I was uh, enjoying myself through the ministry of music, but you all couldn't hear it. So um, so we have some blank spots. Just uh, fast forward through that, and then you can hear the word. You can hear everything. So go back and listen to part one. Uh, now, uh, last week we talked about reasons and lengths of fast. In doing so, we talked a bit about when and what to fast, divulging a few truths about fasting and prayer. And I'm going to give you a few of those. Number one, fast endure between dawn and dusk. That's what we learned last week. Number two, you are permitted to eat between dusk and dawn and therefore can eat a small breakfast before starting your fast if you can get it in before dawn, you're not to put anything in your mouth after dawn. We presume, number three, we have presumed that Adam and Eve fasted in order to stay close into God because they were separated from him by sin in the garden. So there are ways they could draw in closer to him. One was through sacrifice. God taught them how to sacrifice when he um, clothed them. He had to sacrifice an animal in order to clothe them. And he also, I am sure, also taught them to fast. Because Jesus used the analogy of the disciples not fasting because they were in his physical presence. And when he is gone away from them, he said, then they will need to fast. And so that's the same uh, um, thing that I think with Adam and Eve because they were no longer in the presence of God. They lost fellowship with him. 
And in order to keep that fellowship, they had to do a number of things. They had to do a continual sacrifice, and they also had to fast. Uh, you can Number four, you can pray without fasting, but you cannot fast without praying. So I've said that a million times, so I, you, even if I'm going too fast, you know you can get back to that one. You can pray without fasting, but you cannot fast without praying. Uh, number five, Stovall, Pastor Stovall Wings told us that prayer connects us with God and fasting disconnects us from the world. These are truths from my book, The Truth About Fasting, fasting and Prayer. Number six, you can fast things other than food. You can fast social media, TV, groups, connections. You can fast whatever is consuming your time uh, besides work and all that. Fasting work is not in the Bible. I don't know about that. Number seven, fasting can be done in various increments. You can do them from one day. You can do three days, seven, 14, 21, 40. You can do various increments of fasting. Uh, number eight, if you have if you have or think you have any health issues, you should see a doctor before beginning a fast. That's always going to be a truth. The, 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 those right there were eight truths just from our message from last week. Hallelujah. Again, if you want to know all the truths listed in the book uh, that you pick up, uh, copy for yourself. Uh, you, you go and pick that copy up. Uh, please open your Bibles. If I were in your presence, you would stand for the reading of this word from the Old Testament book of Daniel, chapter 1, as I read to you beginning with verse 1. Um, Daniel 1, and actually I'm reading the most of the <laughs> chapter except the last verse. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, King of Judah came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, and part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure of his God. And the king spake unto Aspenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princes. Uh, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now, among these, among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. So he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Bendigo. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the, eunuchs, the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear, my lord, the king, who has appointed your meat and your drink. For, for why should he see your faces worse likely than the children which are of your sort? 
Then shall you make me endanger my head to the king. Then Daniel said to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenance be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portions of the king meat, and, it, and thou see it deal with thy servant. So he consented to them in this manner, and proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king, and in all manners of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. Hallelujah, Lord God. I've read to you Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 through 20. May God bless the hearers of this word. Uh, I almost said full chapter. Look at that. Look at what standing your ground does. All they all that Daniel asked was they be allowed the opportunity just to to, to, to refrain from eating idol meat from idols and food that the king had had that had already been blessed for gods and all of that. They didn't want to eat that. So they respectfully asked. Could they uh, refrain from eating that and just give them pulse? And we're going to talk about pulse a little later on. Um, but today we will begin our discussion with the with, with first repeating that disclaimer once again, which you'll see a few times in my book, and you'll hear me saying a few times in these calls, teleconference calls. Angel Heart Garrison Ministries or Angel Heart Garrison or Ramona Haswell shall not claim responsibilities for any adverse reactions experienced as a result of fasting within these guidelines. All listeners of this telecast and readers of my book, The Truth About Fasting and Prayer, prayer are advised to first consult your physician prior to beginning any fast or diet. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, our part two emphasis today will be to focus on some basics of fasting. One truth that we will start out today with is that a fast is not a diet. How many times have I said that? So a result that we are not looking for when we fast is weight loss. You see in that scripture that we read in Daniel chapter 1 that they gained weight. <laughs> they were fatter than the people than the kids that had eaten the king from the king's table. So they looked good. They didn't look unhealthy. They only ate pulse and drank water. Uh, so as I discuss the spiritual fast in pages twenty five through thirty five of my book, The Truth About Fasting and Prayer, I emphasize that a spiritual fast is not a diet. The purpose of the natural diet is focused on weight loss. It's not the intent of the spiritual fast for you to lose weight or to help you lose weight. If you'll read on page 25 of my book on fasting and prayer, I entered uh, a side note about us church women who fast on a regular basis. 
I believe entering fast on a regular basis is one of the reasons you see a number of overweight Christians, especially women in the church, because basically we are the heart of prayer and fasting. You see more women uh, fasting and praying than men. You see more women uh, attending prayer meetings and engaging in group fasts. I don't believe that prayer is just for women. I don't believe that fasting is just for women. But we have numerous examples in the Old and the New Testament of men praying, fasting, and receiving ultimate results for their obedience. So men leaving this, um, what is it, premise that women are, are the only women, women are the only ones supposed to be, oh, send the women to pray, send the women. No, it's a cop-out. Men need to fast and pray also. I don't minister to just women. I minister to everyone. I minister to those who have needs. I'm not here just for the women. That's not what I'm called to. There are some uh, people out there, uh, some leaders that are called to only women or only men. I'm not called. I am called to those that will hear the truth of the word of God, and it is in my mouth. I'm a vessel that God uses to deliver that word. So my word, the, the word that I deliver is not just for women. Hallelujah, Lord God. It's my opinion that when we uh, routinely starve ourselves in our fast and eventually return to our regular routine of eating, it causes our stable weight to fluctuate. And as we begin to age, our ability to stabilize our weight already compromised by our age and sometimes our hormonal changes becomes a problem, especially for women. This is one reason that I encourage a lifestyle change, not just fasting, but a lifestyle change in your eating habits following your fast to include healthy, balanced meals, less and less fast foods, less and less fried foods, and salt until you finally eliminate them. And also, one reason that I also have a disclaimer associated anytime I discuss fasting and prayer is because I encourage each and every reader to consult your doctor or your dietitian before entering a fast. I had a heart attack and didn't even know I had a heart attack. And, and I'm pretty sure I fasted quite a bit last year. I, fa- I, was, I fasted in January. I don't know. I don't know. I fast so often. But now, since I'm, I'm under the care of doctors and cardiologists and everything, I watch what I eat more um, than I did back then before I had a knowledge of what had happened to me. The spiritual fast is also different from any medical fast that your doctor might assign you to. You fast to go get your blood work uh, uh, so that you can get tests to find out what your true physical medical state is. A fast in the spiritual context, however, alludes to the setting aside of food, your sustenance, as you trust God to miraculously sustain you while you are in his presence and not allowing yourself to be a servant to food, but setting aside even the desire to eat and bringing your body into submission, bringing your will into submission and uh, your will and your desires, bringing them into into submission, to draw closer into God, not boxed in by time. You're not looking at your watch and saying, what time is dinner? What time is lunch? What time is breakfast? I, I got to eat. I got to eat. No. You're, 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 you change your focus. You draw yourself in. You submit to the will of the Father. And you don't, you don't allow uh, the, the, the subject of food to be first place in your mind. 
you're uh, during a fast. You're, you're you're thinking about God. You're thinking about your devotions. You're, you're thinking about finding out more about yourself through the Word. Those are the things that you're concerned with. You're not concerned with eating because while you're in with God, He's sustaining you. See, that's the one thing about fasting. You're getting sustained through your prayer and devotion and your connection with God. Uh, also, in speaking on the 21-day fast last week, uh, we acknowledged that uh, and that the men of God, prophets and seers who live a lifestyle from birth, and we're talking about like Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, they were taught to submit to the will of the Father and to know uh, uh, all there is to know about fasting. So I want to make sure that when you look at Daniel, uh, who is a, an example of, a, of one who fasted 21 days, I took you back to Daniel uh, chapter 1 when it said the four children, and they were children, so you know they had been taught right. They were raised right as to fast. Uh, so when they were moved from their families to be servants to the king, now they respectfully requested not to eat at the king's table but to eat pulse. The 21-day fast, three full weeks in composite, no pleasant food, sweet, uh, no sweet, uh, meat and wine only, and uh, no pleasant food, no meat, no wine, no anointing oil. And you'll see that in Daniel chapter 2, 10, verse 2 through 3, and uh, verses 7 through 10. As I stated last week, I've heard many variations of the 21-day fast, Daniel fast. For example, no meat. Seafood is not considered meat. No blood. Fish again has no blood. No fat, which could, in, could include fatty meat, milk, butter, dairy products, that kind of thing. No sweets, no sugar-coated cereals, no cake, no ice cream, no yogurt, no cookies. Do I have to continue? Uh, no sweet fruits also, oranges, grapes, strawberries, and that, and that uh, grouping. And no wine, including marinades, which enhance the taste of meat. Because he said, nothing, he's trying, he's trying to just eat what could sustain him rather than uh, pleasant foods, okay? So that excludes uh, uh, marinades, vegetable juices, uh, sodas, fruit juices, okay? But since we know that according to Daniel chapter 1, we know that Daniel and the three others were accustomed to fasting and were also accustomed to eating when abstaining from the traditional foods of those whom we discussed earlier. The Word of God said that they ate Pulse instead. According to PulseCanada.com, <laughs> among others, the food pulse refers to beans or that that can be eaten uh, or replanted to produce more. It says that pulse, pulses are part of the legume family, but the term pulse refers only to the dried seeds. Dried peas, edible beans, lentils, and chickpeas are the most common varieties of pulses. Pulses are very high in protein and fiber and are low in fat. Like their cousins in the legume family, pulses are nitrogen-fixing crops that improve the environmental sustaining of annual cropping systems. So we see that Daniel, during his 21-day fast, substituted meat with pulse. You know what I'm talking about, that sustaining food that you used to eat when you were, when you were kids. Remember, see, I was a kid, and I'd come home from school, and we'd have beans and cornbread for, for dinner. You know, we'd have all kind of being, uh, uh, I learned how to make, I learned how to make so much by putting all kind of vegetables together 
including beans with and, and with it. And my kids loved it. They grew up on it also. Beans were a humble blessing. They were they were used to stretch meals from in that last week before the paycheck came to the household. There had to be something to sustain and pulse beans, vegetables were it for us. So it brings us to uh, they bring us to a humble place of thanking God for sustaining us, not letting us die from hunger. So fasting in this manner, choosing to eliminate meat, sweets, and wine, brings us to a humble place where we recognize our God, the provider, Jehovah Jireh, the creator of all things. So we put ourselves in submission to the creator. We humble ourselves before the creator. We thank him for what he has given and provided for us. We're not saying, oh, I wanted meat today. I thought I was going to get a steak. I wanted chicken. You know, we're just thankful and grateful that he just sustains us. But we know God, our God is better than that, to just sustain. You know, he will give us all those other things. So we're not worried about that. But today, as we fast and pray, we humble ourselves before God, and we thank him for what we have. So I just wanted to bring that up to you so that you have a better understanding of what to fast during a 21-day fast, which is not a full fast. And a full fast would mean that you're not eating anything. On the other hand, the focus of fasting is not simply about not eating, so let's keep that in mind also. It's also about praying while you turn your plate down, recognizing that you're bringing your body into submission to your will to hear from God, to know his will, to seek direction, and there is nothing, not even food, your life-sustaining bread that is more important. I've said many times, and I continue to say, you can pray without fasting, but you cannot fast without praying. Fasting releases power over the flesh. When people share with me that they are fasting, I can tell right away if they are fasting effectively. I don't butt in where I'm, I haven't been invited, but in my various gifts, this is one that allows me to see the obvious. But even if you're on day one of a fast, there should be a reflected difference in you. Whether it is in just the spiritual atmosphere that you bring into a room or the sound in your voice, there should be a noticeable difference. You should be changing, a spiritual change that is illuminated on the outside. So if I don't see positive change, I immediately ask the person if they've included the coupling of devotion and prayer in their so-called fast. If their response is no, then I tell them that they have been on a diet. And if they want to truly fast, then they should start over the next day as their first day and add those new factors to their daily routine, the factors of devotion and prayer. So I'm saying the same thing to you today. If you've been doing it all wrong, it's not too late to to get it right. You should not fast nonchalantly or your fast will be incomplete. Uh, When you engage in a focused fast, I guarantee you, you will not come out empty. If your desire is to go in and come out with an answer, whether you decided it, whether you decided it would be a one- or three-day fast, for example. You won't eat until you have received the answer, even if it takes more days, seven days or a 21-day fast. See, sometimes we assume when we go in that it's going to be a quick this or it's only going to be, it's going to be a whole 21-day. Sometimes, you know, you have to pay attention to God. You have to know when the fast is over just as well as you have to know when it means you're going in a little deeper. So I say, be like Jacob, who, when wrestling with the angel, would not let go without uh, coming out with a blessing. So you pursue that fast. 
until you see a change in yourself, until you see results. This means that when you fast, oh, let me see, one more, one more thing. If you fast with your whole heart, you can expect to hear from God. That's the ultimate result. If you fast with your whole heart, you can expect to hear from God. This means that when you fast, turn your plate down and substitute that meal, substitute that whole time with the coupling of devotion and prayer. You will receive an answer through Raymond Revelation. You will receive an answer of interpretation, power, and her peace. I guarantee you, you will not come out of that fast empty-handed. Regarding uh, my own personal matters, I usually get my answer on the first day because I go in focused, already separated from the world. I prepare myself before going in. I'm going for something, but I don't stop my fast, even if it's a three-day fast. I give, what I do is I go in, I, I say what I need to say, I, I, I repent if I need to repent, I go in and whatever I need to do, I do it, and I, but I don't stop there. I wait as long as it takes to hear from God because I understand that prayer is a conversation. I remain quiet until I hear from him, no matter how long it takes. There's no TV zone. I'm not answering my phone calls. I'm not working on books or paying bills. I'm waiting patiently to hear from God. And until I do, I remain still. But I know some of you work. You have to balance your time and consecration with your job. So you have to listen intently while you're working also. So you've got to still have your ear tuned in for the still small voice speaking into you. There are those of you with children, and you have to drop them off and pick them up from school, help with homework. God knows what you have to do. But select a time of the day that you can focus at least an undistracted hour with God, an hour in the morning, in the afternoon before picking up the kids from school, and an hour at dinner or before you go to bed if you have to. It's worth it to set this time aside for prayer, devotion, or just quietly listening for his still small voice of instruction, direction, or correction, if need be. These are rules. I mean, I'm sorry, there are rules to this process. You can't expect ultimate results by cheating because in the long run, you'll find you're only cheating yourself. Fasting has no benefit to those who are not walking in obedience to God. Jeremiah 14, verses 10 through 12 says, So the Lord replies to his people, You love to wander off from me, and you do not follow in my paths. Now I will no longer accept you as my people. I will remember all your wickedness and will punish you for your sins. Then the Lord said to me, do not pray for these people anymore. When they fast in my presence, I will pay no attention. When they present their burnt offerings and grain offerings to me, I will not accept them. In return, I will give them only war, famine, and disease. Obedience is important. One definition of a spiritual fast is a continued substitution of food and or drink with increasing heartfelt, remorseful prayer in order to come to a spiritual place within oneself of humility, repentance, and sincerity of heart. But one may hear from God. Humility, repentance, and sincerity of heart are the keys to the type of fasting recognized by God. This is where we'll pick it back up on next week. I'll close this message today with our disclaimer. I'll say one more time. Angel Heart Garrison Ministries or Angel Heart Garrison or Ramona Haswell shall not claim responsibilities for any adverse reactions experienced as a result of fasting within these guidelines. All listeners of this telecast and readers of my book, The Truth About Fasting and Prayer, are advised to first consult your physician prior to beginning any fast 
or diet. Praise God for this word on fasting and prayer. Woo! God, God bless you today with this word. I want to continue right now. I want to, last week I did give the word on um, uh, the prophetic word for 2015, and I want to bless you with that word again. Uh, you know, I'm really trying to do everything. Uh, <laughs> I have to do everything, so right now it's on me. And so I, I try to balance what I'm doing um, and so I'm just going to play I, I Was Created because I think it just fits in with our with our um, word for today. So I've got to find it again. Here it is. I, I want to play that one more time before I give that word. I uh, give myself uh, a minute to get my breath and do something about my throat right now. God is saying in this 2015 new year, hallelujah, Lord God, the word new. Not new houses, not new things, not new friends, but he's saying release the old and go into the new. Release the old and go into the new. He said to us in this 2015 that before we can enter into the fullness of his plan for us in this new year, we must first let go of the old. Let go of the old hurts, the pain, uh, the 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 everything that we're harboring, the grudges and the mindset, the unforgiveness. Whatever church hurts you, they just hurt you. Let it go. Hallelujah. The the leader that lets you down, let it go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Drop that unforgiveness. Go back and ask for forgiveness so that you can move forward. The Father is saying he's about to transition you quickly in New Year, but he can't take it. You, you, you can't go where he's going by bringing the old with you. You can't bring in 1965. You can't bring in 1992. Hallelujah. You can't bring in 2002. You've got to let it go, whatever it is, because he needs to use you. 
whatever he wants to do with you. Be a vessel. He wants empty vessels right now. And he's saying, let it all go. He got a work for you to do. He got something that he's planned for you, but he can't use you if you're holding the past. He used the, the example of a rubber band. If, if you're holding on with a rubber band to the past and trying to get in the future going with him, you're going to pop like a boomerang, and you're going to go all the way past the past that you're holding on to, and you're going to have to walk around that mountain again. So he's saying, hallelujah, Lord God, let it go. Let go, forgive, let go, and go into 2015 because he has great blessings for you. He has great opportunities uh, in store for you. There are great things about to happen. He said, let go of hate, let go of judgment, let go of unforgiveness, let go of bitterness, hallelujah, let go of uh, 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 backbiting and tail-bearing, let go of all the vices and take his hand because there's things that he wants to do with you. Oh, you can't come into his presence harboring unforgiveness. He's saying lay down your guilt, go and work it out with your brother and come back to him because he's got something for you to do. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. Oh, Lord God, I'm giving you an opportunity right now. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you never received him as your Lord and Savior, I'm giving you the opportunity right now to call on him. He's about to, uh, uh, he wants to do something with you. Ask him to forgive you for your sins that you might be able to walk forward and do what he's called you to do. Hallelujah. 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 Take this opportunity right now. I'm trying to do more than one thing at a time, and I just hope you forgive me. But right now, he wants you to just give him the opportunity to change your life. He's not expecting you to change you. He's not ex- He's not expecting... God wants you now. He's calling your name right now. He wants you to take this opportunity right now. Jesus is the door. The only way you can get to God is through Jesus. And he's saying to you right now, take this opportunity. Ask for forgiveness, repent. And take this opportunity right now. I want you to call me if you uh, are are considering receiving the Lord as your Savior right now. At 619-752-7072. Call me after this call. 619-752-7072. And I will lead you to the Lord. And I will help you find a church somewhere in your area so that you can have a pastor, a shepherd, that will help you and lead you. Uh, there are hours that we uh, will be blessing with the teachings, and I can give you um, CDs and all that so that you can begin finding yourself and finding uh, uh, the truth of the word of God. So I'll give you that opportunity now. So give me a call, 619-752-7072. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, close. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody that has worked closely with Angel Heart Garrison Ministries in 2014. And I want to thank those that will be coming back this year and working with us. Uh, We do need your help. I need your help. I need your assistance. I'm going to continue to do the work God has called me to do.
And I, I say to the devil, I already have the victory. And the glory goes to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to end this call with a um, song, It's In My Heart. May God bless and keep you until we meet again. God bless you. But if I had a chance, I'd quit all my heart. I'd